Hi, I'm Bruce Burke. Welcome to a, another episode of the Hashtag Pay Podcast. Joining me today is Betsy Ir- Irizari, Irizari, yes. Irizari from, Irizari from uh, Fresh Tilt Partners. And uh, Betsy, welcome to the Pay Podcast. Thanks, Bruce. I'm excited to be here. And uh, your company, uh, Fresh Tilt Partners, uh, before we get into the company itself, uh, give me a little background on you. How did you get started in you know, business and, and you know, what drove you to come to where you are now? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Fresh Tilt is an independent consultancy that's focused on business agility. So really, when we think about how I started getting involved in that space, it's, it's kind of the story of my personal Agile journey. So that started about 10 years ago. Um, I was working at MasterCard at the time, and um, we had a new CEO at MasterCard who was very much focused on innovation, um, making sure that we weren't just resting on our laurels of you know, the past successes that had gotten us to where we were today, but that we were really focused on, you know, innovating so that we could survive in the marketplace of the future. So within that context, we were um, spinning up some new teams, some new experiments that were focused on testing out some new product concepts. And rather than following our traditional, you know, sort of long running product development life cycle, we were trying to find new ways that we could quickly bring product concepts to the market so that we could test and learn and see um, if there was merit, see if there was viability there. So I was lucky enough about 10 years ago to be involved in one of those early sort of experimental teams as a scrum master. So if you're not familiar, a scrum master, it's, it's kind of a, it's a scrum term, which is one agile approach. And that's really sort of the, um, facilitator or servant leader of the team that helps the team make sure that, you know, they're working in a safe, protected, focused environment so that they can deliver on the mission at hand. So it sort of, it it sort of flips traditional project management on its hand, or sorry, on its head, and um, really, you know, puts the team first and the product mission first and make sure that the team has everything they need to move forward. So through that experience of being involved as a scrum master with a, a new type of team, who is experimenting with new ways of working, um, specifically, you know, agile methods that were based on Scrum and Lean at the time, and also really being involved sort of on the the product side, you know, the the hypothesis-driven market testing. Um, After I worked in that way and saw how awesome it was, I, I sort of decided I never wanted to go back. So since that point in my career, I've been working in different roles that really try to help other teams make that shift to this new way of working, um, that help them find their own sort of rhythm, their new, their new ways of working together, and their own aha moments along the way. So it doesn't matter if they're a software development business, a financial service business, uh, you know, a, a standard manufacturing business, uh, can any business benefit from this or is it strictly kind of uh, software slash IT uh, focused? Sure. It's interesting because I think, you know, a lot of companies do start with software teams as they move to Agile. And even when we look at the Agile manifesto, it came from a group of, of software thought leaders um, back in 2001. So definitely, you know, there are strong ties to that. 
But this concept of business agility, which we're hearing more and more about today, really starts to look at how can you apply some of these fundamental concepts. Um, Agile is very much a mindset, this experimentation-based mindset that you know, places value on, on the people and the environment you're working in and, and all this great kind of stuff. So how can we take these you know, fundamental concepts and see how they apply to different functional areas or broader, excuse me, broader cross-functional teams, which span beyond just software development. Um, and yeah, regardless of industry, like are there, are there ways that you can be working better to future-proof your business? That's really what it comes down to. Um, there are a lot of different definitions out there of business agility. The one I like best is the ability to sense and respond to change as your normal manner of working. So when you think about that, the ability to sense and respond to change, there's no industry I know of, there's no, there's no piece of our lives <laughs> that I know of where change isn't a constant. We know that change is happening and we know that change is happening at a pace that it's never occurred before. So that ability to sense and respond to change is a competitive advantage. Just having that be a part of your muscle memory and building the chops now because we know the pace is only quickening. Um, you know, that seems like a relevant concept that, that people in any industry or any kind of team could really look at and see if they could benefit from. I, uh, I was reading this morning uh, an article that's in Forbes. Uh, it's in circulation today. Um, it's about IBM's uh, startup garage uh, uh, concept and, and how they're taking brands and putting them in with small teams and you know doing experimentation and calling from a, a litany of resources that IBM has you know an, an expertise in different areas and that sort of thing and how they're working with brands in a very similar manner to what you described and and you know uh, providing that uh, you know rapid development approach or that you know that the that agile methodology to you know conquer business problems or you know make you know uh, uh, like you said uh, you know in increase your muscle and your strength for uh, you know so you can adapt to you know the changes that are coming quickly you know mm -hmm. uh, and so you know it, it's very it's starting to be very prevalent in that enterprise uh, uh, marketplace if IBM's pursuing that their you know uh, cognitive business intelligence and that sort of thing uh, that that's uh, that's that's what it's all about you know when, when the leaders are there that's that's where everyone should go right that's that that's the marketplace now um so uh fresh tilt partners specifically uh you work primarily with what types of companies and and uh what you know without going into detail and i'm sure there's a you know a, a you know a, a contractual stuff in place so you know uh, you know, uh, how, how do you work with them? How do you, you know, help them be, uh, do, you know, become more competitive and, and become more agile? And what's some basics? Sure. Um, so I have worked a lot in the financial services industry, um, as well as, as other industries, too. Um, but I would say, since these concepts, you know, they really do apply to companies of different sizes. A lot of times we see sort of larger traditional companies that are in that same kind of story I described from 10 years ago when I first got into Agile at MasterCard, 
who are starting to recognize that, wow, like our business models that got us here today made us super, super successful, but we're really aware of what's happening in the world around us and we need something different. So a lot of times that's the case for change. Um, on almost the opposite end, you know, there are startups out there or brand new companies that started from a great idea. They saw a market problem. Um, they sort of have it in their DNA of how they're testing and learning because they have to do it to survive. But then as they start to scale so that they can become more competitive, um, sometimes they need, you know, a bit of help just thinking about like, how can we scale the goodness um, without imposing too much sort of overhead or top-down process or anything like that. So I would say, you know, work at both ends of the spectrum um, is, is what we do. Okay. And you're giving a uh, workshop on, uh, I believe it's Monday, August 19th, the uh, pre-conference day of the uh, PACE Symposium. Uh, what, what's, your, uh, what's your workshop about? And, you know, uh, tell us, uh, you know, what, what's, the, what's the crux of it and, and what are the people going to take away from the workshop? Sure. It's called Business Agility for a Competitive Edge. Um, it's a two-hour workshop. So sort of by its nature, it'll be um, high level. Um, we can't get super into depth with certain techniques or um, you know, the, the overarching, all the different agile practices that are out there in two hours. But pretty much what we'll focus on is this concept of business agility. Agility, period. What does it really mean to live that agile mindset um, that's founded on values and principles and, you know, a way of working that embraces change. And how do we look at the way we deliver things, whether that's a service or a product, you know, how do we take something from an idea? How do we quickly validate that the idea um, has merit? How do we take it through some kind of lightweight planning process and then let a team focus on creating it? in an environment where they're not distracted by all of these other demands so that they can get it through the process quickly. Um, how do we then test it to make sure that we're ensuring quality products are going out and we're not getting buried in, in support and technical debt down the road? And then how are we supporting it? How are we you know, really working with our customers who should be at the heart of all we do um, to make sure that they're having a good experience with our product or service and then bringing that feedback back into the process so that we can rinse and repeat and make that as quickly as possible. So we'll talk at a super high level about, you know, how that fundamental flow sort of applies to different businesses, different companies, regardless of industry. And then we'll look at a few specific ideas um, or even practices. You know, there, there are a couple templates we might play around with or things like that. Um, sort of at some of the key phases throughout that flow. So ideation, for example, we might spend some time talking about how do you really know your customers? Um, you know, the, the best companies, and I think the ones that will be best at sensing and responding to change in the years ahead are the ones who are really deeply listening and know their customers and then, you know, um, creating their services accordingly. So what are some different ideas or approaches that you see out there um, to really know your customers and make sure that you're doing customer-centered um, product development? Uh, when you're in the sort of plan it, create it, test it cycle, how are you doing that iteratively, rapidly, in a lean, focused way? You know, what practices are out there? How might you get started with some of that? Um, and then 
with this idea of coming up with hypotheses, you know, having a hypothesis driven idea that you want to take to the market. Once it actually gets to the market, then how are you getting the feedback on that experiment? It's not enough to just kind of, you know, launch it and then swivel and look at the next thing. You have to make sure that it's hitting the mark. You have to make sure the outcomes were what you intended, or if they're not, learn from that so that you can harness that change and bring it back into your process. So at a high level, those will be the topics, that'll be the flow, and we'll just sort of talk conceptually about those things. So hopefully the attendees walk away with some ideas of what they might take back into their own world to start trying some of these things. Okay, and um, you're also participating in and you're uh, uh, co-hosting with a show, startup showcase at the Pay Symposium. I am, yes. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're looking for? I mean, you're, you're uh, not actually, uh, you know, part of the judging panel, but you will be hosting it. You will be interacting with the people and, you know, the, the different contestants and all that sort of thing. Uh, so what are you looking for and, and what are you looking forward to uh, uh, about the Startup Showcase? Yeah, I'm really excited about the Startup Showcase because I think it'll be a great opportunity to hear from you know, some startups who are working in this fintech space, who have really innovative, creative new ideas that are solving real market problems, um, and just hearing, you know, in a very engaging format, what they're doing. So during the pitch itself, um, we'll be looking for, you know, really focused messaging that tells a story um, that really makes, you know, a case for sort of the, the human-centered need for change. I think storytelling is incredibly powerful, so I would love to see that in some of the pitches. Um, if possible, in the four-minute pitch time frame, you know, some kind of demo or very high-level overview of how their solution is uniquely meeting the need of this problem space or this opportunity space. Um, and then if they have an ask, just, you know, being clear with the audience there of here is how you would like your support or here's how you can learn more or here's what we're looking for. Um, so we'll have the pitches, we'll have some, some Q&A with the judges, we'll have some audience participation so that the audience can also weigh in on their reaction to the pitches. Um, and it should be a great time. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be uh, quite the thing. We're uh, to uh, bring the listeners up to speed. The startup showcase is on uh, Wednesday, the twenty-first. It's uh, uh, in the afternoon of the second day. Uh, we're going to feature ten different startups uh, from across the entire spectrum of financial services. Uh, we have them coming from Tampa Bay. We have uh, uh, somebody coming from China. We have people coming from India. We have people coming from the breadbasket of the USA all over, you know, uh, to, uh, you know, show off and uh, explain and, you know, gain visibility for their new product, their new idea. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, disruption and financial service and all the changes that are going on. And what I'm finding, you know, after years and years and years of seeing you know, financial services, you don't necessarily have to disrupt to innovate in financial services anymore. You just have to bring innovation to financial services. And, uh, you know, because of 
how archaic it is at this point. Uh, what Betsy, uh, uh, what are you looking for? Uh, you know, we're, we're just on the edge of 2020 here. You know, we're less than six months away uh, from a dawn of a whole new decade. What do you envision payments and finance and that sort of thing to be like in 10 years mm-hmm. from now? Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Um, in some ways, I think uh, we can't even imagine <laughs> some of the things that it'll be like. But I think a, a common theme of sort of the, the people who not only survive the next decade, but are thriving um, through the next decade will be those people who are really listening. Sometimes, you know, we see things come out where it's like, yeah, that's flashy, that's cool, but it's not usable or it doesn't solve a real human problem that I have and it gets no traction. So I think um, the companies who can really balance their innovation with listening to the people and really having a, a keen sense of the opportunity space and keeping that listening alive. You know, initial successes don't always mean that that success trajectory is going to continue because of the pace of market disruption. So the ones who are really, you know, sort of keeping it humble and listening all the time and bringing that feedback into their process to drive their innovation, um, I think that's that'll be the, the main theme that we see over the next decade. As far as what the specific technologies are, um, we'll see. <laughs> I look forward to seeing probably just as much as you do. I think uh, you're, you're spot on with that. Uh, in seeing this last 10 years of, you know, the, the onslaught of mobile, right? Uh, everybody connected, the social media that further connected everybody, you know, beyond voice and beyond text, right? And the mm-hmm. companies that have kept an ear to the ground uh, and taken user uh, input have sometimes changed their businesses, you know, when they, let the consumers kind of influence their business and, sh- and show them how they want to use their product. Twitter was a great example of that. They opened their APIs. They let all these people create all these different pieces of ecosystem around them. And then they either acquired those companies or brought them into the fold or uh, uh, utilized some of their methodology and, and you know, made it better. And, and, really stayed focused on what the customer liked. And more recently, uh, you know, uh, Jack Dorsey said, you know, it's not going to be about, you know, one person with a million followers anymore. It's not going to be about the at, it's going to be about the hashtag and you're going to follow subjects that you like with hashtags. And I thought that was brilliant. And that movement of away from that centralization, you know, the star or the celebrity and all that, Sure, everybody wants a lot of followers, but people got caught up in follower count, you know, uh, qual- uh, qual- uh, quantity over quality. And I think, uh, you know, the, putting it back to what's really interesting to you rather than, you know, uh, the person, you know, uh, is, is the way to do it. it. It's about the subject matter, not necessarily the person that has the subject matter, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh I'm really excited about your uh, uh, your uh, presentation. I'm hoping I can make it. I don't know how busy or I won't, you know, I, I won't be out one of those days. Uh, it, it's There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Um, it, so it's uh, Monday. It's August 19th. It's, uh, you're starting at one o'clock, I believe. I am. Let me see. Sorry. I think 
I am three to five. Three to five. Okay. And it's in the Pompeian ballrooms. Uh, yep. That's on the promenade level at Caesar's Palace. Uh, it's all going to be part of the, uh, the event. So uh, look forward to seeing everyone there. Uh, we're uh, building a, a world-class show. Uh, we're going to have, you know, leading people from banking, payments, uh, fintech, uh, you know, every, every aspect of all those industries and all those verticals. Uh, Betsy, I, I really look forward to your event there. Uh, I uh, am, again, hopeful I can make it. Uh, if uh, anyone wants to find you directly prior to the event, uh, how, how can they reach you? Uh, the best way would be through our website. So freshtiltpartners.com. Okay. And, uh, and, and you can, uh, you know, you can help them with a initial consultation and talk to them initially and then, you know, just work right in with them and, and help them get started pretty quickly. Right. Absolutely. Yep. We'd, we'd love to have those conversations. Okay. So, uh, folks, uh, uh, look for, we'll look forward to seeing you on the 19th at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas. Uh, Betsy, thank you very much for being with me today. And I really appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, I'll look forward to meeting you uh, for the first time in person at, uh, at, at the event myself. Uh, so that will be great. Um, it, again, it's uh, Monday, January 19th. We're having the uh, pre-conference event. It's uh, at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas, the 19th through the 21st. Uh, hashtag pay symposium and exposition, uh, www symposium.com Again, Betsy, thank you so much for uh, being with us today, and I really look forward to your, uh, your uh, presentation. Thanks, Bruce. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.